today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Daydreaming is something that we all do from time to time in various fashions and uh, various times of the day. Uh, and uh, it's, like everything else, uh, been impacted by the, the pandemic, by COVID-19 and, and stay-at-home orders and all these sorts of other things. And it's amazing the impact that it's actually having on us. To try to add some clarity to this, we're so pleased to welcome to the program uh, Dr. Donna Rose Addis, who is a senior scientist at Baycrest's Rockman Research Institute and Canada 150 Research Chair in Cognitive Neuroscience of Memory and Aging. Uh, such an honor to have you, Professor. Thanks so much for the time today. Thank you very much. It's, it's healthy to daydream, right? Absolutely. It really is the kind of default state of mind when we're not engaged in some kind of particular cognitive task or really, you know, intentionally thinking about something. Our minds naturally wander from topic to topic. And and we do this, I mean, all the time. I mean, it, it sometimes gets a negative connotation like, hey, hey, Bill, you shouldn't be daydreaming. You should be working on this. But uh, we, we need to, 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 to kind of get away from the, the reality and sometimes the humdrum of, of day-to-day living, don't we? Oh, absolutely. It's actually a very adaptive function uh, to, to be thinking about, you know, be thinking about our past, what's just happened to us, um, what might be coming up later today, tomorrow, over the next week. Uh, primarily people tend to think, um, I think over 50% of their thoughts, research has shown, um, actually center on ourselves, um, on social interactions that we've had with other people, um, how we might do things differently next time, um, and different you know, problems or that we need to solve or things that might be coming up for us. And so you can kind of see through that how, how what an adaptive ability it can actually be and that it allows us to kind of really work through what's happened, what things mean to us, um, what we could change next time we're in a situation. But then what I've been most interested in is looking at how we actually think about the future and so then how we could actually mentally simulate or troubleshoot, you know, potential obstacles that might come up for us in the future and how we might overcome them. Um, So, yeah, so it really is, you know, despite the focus on mindfulness, mind-wandering is also a very healthy part um, of a functional brain. How cathartic is it? I think it is quite cathartic, actually. Um, As long as one doesn't get stuck into, you know, kind of into a ruminative pattern of negative thinking. And so that's what's very characteristic of depression and of anxiety, um, is to be kind of really focusing on negative, you know, thoughts and kind of getting stuck into a groove of how we're actually thinking. So when our ma- uh, when our minds actually are, are able to sort of wander, you know, all over the place, actually that's much more functional and much more adaptive for us. And that, you know, some of our research has shown that's actually potentially what underpins creative thought, that it's this kind of um, linking of very disparate ideas together because our mind is actually kind of, traversing lots of different ideas and then able to kind of make links that we mightn't make if we're, you know, focused on some task. You talked about, you know, whether we're looking forward or back. That's that's an interesting idea here. Uh, do we tend to always look back in, in hindsight and in retrospect and, and analyze what's already happened? Or is there uh, an anticipation of, hey, what if? Uh, you know, what if I do this? Uh, you know, what, in other words, what's the future going to be? Well, maybe I can imagine the future. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, research that um, looked at kind of the, the distribution, I guess, or the, the amount of thinking that we spend, you know, focused on the past or the future, find that it's about half and half. So it's fairly, um, 
you know, we definitely, we have argued that people think about the past with actually a view to their future. So they're kind of doing this in a, in a way that's going to help them prepare for the future. And if we think about kind of evolutionary perspectives on why the brain is how, designed how it is, that kind of makes sense, that people that can better predict what's going to happen or prepare for things that are coming up for them um, might be, you know, um, better at, uh, at dealing with those situations. And, and certainly we find that, um, you know, when people are able to really think in detail about the steps that they might have to go through uh, to, do, to achieve some goal or, you know, in some kind of task or event that might be coming up for them, they worry less about the future. And so that it's, it kind of seems counterintuitive, right? The more you think mm-hmm. about it, the less you'll actually worry about it. But it's sort of once you've got a plan, um, that can kind of really help you. I, I guess, yeah, it, it goes along the lines of how many, how many times have all of us at one point said, boy, if I had that to do all over again. And that's really kind of a visioning exercise to say, oh, if it does, uh, I do have that opportunity, this is how I would do it differently. Yeah, so that's known as uh, counterfactual thinking. So, you know, when we play out the future and, and actually change the, uh, sorry, play out the past and change the ending of it, and that's actually a way in which we learn from our experiences. Um, so, in a, in a way, it is a form of future thinking, even though we're we're actually thinking about something that's already happened. But what we're doing that though, interestingly, what kind of an impact does it have on on us? Uh, and I know we're kind of getting off on a, a, a side road here, but I mean, you know, sometimes uh, people that are performing or something, they say, "Well, envision yourself doing that." It's it's a form of a daydream, I guess. You know, you being successful, you scoring the winning touchdown, or you making an incredible speech that everybody just thought was fabulous. Uh, can you can you envision yourself into into actually performing better? Oh yes, absolutely. So. Something that's you know really interesting is that the what what people are really doing in, in that sort of situation is that they're really um, projecting themselves into that future experience and really you know almost kind of planning out even at a at a neural level in the brain what they will um, how they will respond or the you know when you're thinking about golf or touchdowns or whatever how the body will react or respond in certain ways and there's been a lot of research that's shown that if you imagine future behaviors in detail, so how you'll actually implement them, then you're more likely to actually implement them when you're in the situation. So, you know, in that sense, it really is a very good kind of planning behavior to sit there and think through things. But, you know, (laughs) what's interesting is that it's not just focusing on the end goal, though. So, you know, in the 80s, there mm-hmm. was kind of this uh, notion of creative visualization. Yeah, where yeah. If you thought about the end point, it would come. Um, and actually, that can sometimes breed complacency because on some sort of emotional level, it's like you've already got there and you don't need to sort of work hard to get there. So actually thinking through the steps of what you have to do is a much more effective, um, effective thing to do. It, it can obviously be advantageous as well. I mean, it's really kind of a right side of the brain activity because you're really being creative, I guess, uh, with, with the, the, the daydream. Uh, I mean, you know, people that are writers or, or, you know, composers and things of this nature obviously would benefit from these sorts of things because we often hear that. They'll say, well, where did that idea come from? It just kind of came to me. It just came into my head one time. Yeah, so what's happening there, we think, is that, you know, at different times people, um, that person might have activated different ideas or memories and then at some other point, if they're sort of sitting there in a semi-active state, that then when you go to think about this 
potential problem that you have, then suddenly those ideas sort of come to the fore more easily and you're actually able to make a link between those two perhaps seemingly quite different ideas or you know, and that's often what is characteristic of very creative thought is that, you know, if someone comes up with a really creative solution, it's that they're thinking really laterally. They're, you know, putting together things that normally don't go together. And so that kind of notion of sort of marinating, you know, having a problem marinate or sort of, you know, thinking about something when you're doing other tasks and in the background your brain is actually working on it. And, you know, there is some truth to that. Uh, so, I mean, in my experience, if I catch myself daydreaming or envisioning or whichever, I'm usually in a relatively tranquil mood to begin with. In other words, you know, just my head is someplace else. You know, I, I think somebody used the example of riding in a bus and you're just kind of staring out the window. You're not really paying attention, but your mind is, is active in other ways. But now we're into a pandemic. And for about a year now, a lot of us have been, well, working from home. Uh, let me put it this way. Our, our activities have been restricted considerably. There's a lot of stress right now. What does that do to, to that activity? Yeah, so that's really interesting, um, and that was really what we set out to explore um, in our research that we've been conducting across the pandemic, that, you know, when people are under a great deal of stress, um, when, they're, uh, when their mood is affected, when people are depressed or anxious, these things can not only have an impact on the things that you think about, but it also has an impact on the brain itself in the sense that if your um, brain is exposed constantly to stress hormones, for instance, that can actually then have an impact on some of the brain regions that are really involved in this kind of mind wandering or daydreaming. And so that's quite an interesting um, phenomenon and something that we wanted to track in terms of the way in which, you know, um, whether people are thinking about their futures in a lot of detail, for instance, that's kind of a... Something that when people are depressed, they tend to think about the future in very general terms. Um, so they're sort of kind of making overarching sort of um, their overarching statements about the future, like I'm always alone or things like this. Mm-hmm. Whereas if somebody can, you know, really think about a particular moment in their future, then, you know, we think that you know, they're, they're better able, like I was saying, to prepare for things. And that's kind of a much more functional way of thinking. And so it's kind of not surprising then that people with depression show less detail when they think about the future. And we're certainly finding that in our study. And interestingly, this has been in people that don't actually have a history of depression or anxiety. And so it's going to be very interesting to track how this changes as pandemic ends because it likely is like you say we're very restricted in our activities you know a lot of people are experiencing this this unusual phenomenon of like our everyday feeling the same that mm-hmm. you know time has kind of changed and i think that's a really fascinating idea that our perception of time is actually malleable it changes according to you know various experiences in our lives and our mood And so I think, you know, what we're seeing is that for a lot of people, the sense of the future has actually kind of contracted. And it's, it's, um, you know, they're seeing their futures as more restricted and that there's less opportunities in the future for them. And so what we plan to do now as the pandemic is starting to, you know, end, we hope, um, and there is much more hope for people at the moment. People are much more hopeful and, you know, we want to really track them to see how these 
you know, changes that we've seen in people's thinking might actually resolve. Because obviously, I mean, if we're feeling negative, we're feeling rather morose about our situation. I think a lot of people are these days. We know that, uh, that there's a great concern about people's mental health because as this drags on. Uh, and we're not getting that emotional release, that kind of, you know, let's get away from this for a couple of minutes by daydreaming. Uh, or even if we do, the daydream is probably of negative connotation too, which is probably making a bad situation worse. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we found that when we asked participants to think freely about the future, um, over 70% of them, you know, touched on the pandemic in some way, even when they were thinking very distantly into the future. Um, so at the moment, people are really framing their futures with respect to the pandemic. It's just kind of become so such a huge feature of our lives. And so it's not surprising that it's kind of infiltrated our mental space as well. Everybody is fascinated by this. Uh, dreams, uh, whether it's night dreams, day dreams, whatever the case might be, about how the brain works, uh, where these ideas are conjured up, and, and what they actually mean. Uh, I could spend hours talking to you about this, but it's, uh, unfortunately, our time is limited, Doctor. Uh, congratulations on this. Continued good luck with your research, and thank you for spending some time with us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. It was great to talk to thank you. Take care. Dr. Donna Rosatis, of course, uh, from uh, Baycrest uh, Rotman Research Institute. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.